Hey ladies, you're going to love this episode, especially if you are in perimenopause or menopause, or you've just noticed there's some things going on wacky with your hormones. Today I got to hang out with my friend SJ. She has a lovely accent, so you will enjoy listening to that, but she is the host of the Productive Mom podcast, Mom, as we would say it, or Mama in the South, but she helps driven working moms reclaim their energy and time by cycle syncing and nutrition fitness, and her to-do list. So her mission is to equip women with the tools that they need to show up as the best version of themselves for their family and to achieve those big world-changing goals that they have on their heart with confidence, competence, and purpose. Because I know y'all, you like me, like you want things, but sometimes you're stuck with the excuses around time or ability or energy or motivation. That's like a big word that I hear a lot, but we just talk about all the things related to, to like meal prepping and foods from movement with your body, what time of the month is best for what types of movement, hormones in general, cycle syncing, like just a great way to fuel and care for your body, depending on whatever season that you're in. You know, I'm 47 now, so I treat my body and listen to it a little differently than I did at 37 and 27. So I love having these conversations because there's so much more to be learned about our bodies around our cycles and fitness and just feeling our best. Because at the end of the day, I just want to feel great and have energy and be rested. And then if I'm coming from a place of feeling that way, then I'm going to be able to check off my to-do list or reach my goals or connect in relationships or just really tap into who I am and what I want, which is a huge part of my mission here is to help you really just gain control of your drinking and transform your life in general as it relates to you know, just choosing not to cope. And you could be coping with food or alcohol or any other thing, and you're really staying stuck. And my mission is to help you and serve you and work with you along the way. So before I get into the episode, keep in mind, there are spots open to work with me one-on-one. What does that look like? You and me connected together, really chasing after what it is that you want. Like what is your desires around alcohol or not drinking or getting control of your drinking, or what does it look like to move into this next season of life as a mother, as a wife, as um, desires for what you want in your life? Like, how many times have you just sat back and go like, what in the world? How did I even get here? Like, what? Who am I? That's a huge part of it. But we have to really just rein in this whole coping mechanism and this idea that alcohol is the answer. It is the only thing that de-stresses us. It's the only thing that helps us have fun. It's just not true. And I used to believe that too until I didn't. So you don't know what you don't know. And I'm here to support you and hold your hand in a way that is so non-threatening. You don't have to go to any meetings. You don't have to out yourself. And you sure do not have to identify as an alcoholic. It is just... It's a stronghold and it's an idol and it has really gotten the way of you living your life and designing it the way that you want inside of even a relationship with the Lord because that's a huge part in my life. My faith is super important to me. It is the foundation and you might just be super curious on what that means. You know, people have asked me inside the coaching like um, about the faith stuff and listen, the Holy Spirit's in me. 
So I can't take it out of it, but is every session about that? Absolutely not. And if you're curious about what that looks like to grow your faith, I can help you with that too. Just understand that this is your journey and I'm here to light it up, to walk with you, to show you things that you may not even see, show you ways that you're speaking over yourself and thinking over yourself that have been locked into your thought process potentially for decades. We're going to rewrite your story, sister. So I hope this helps to open that door a little bit more for you to know what it looks like. And you can reach out to me at coachmichelleporterfield at gmail.com. We'll just set up a free consultation. It's you and me on the Zoom, hanging out, getting to know each other. And you can ask anything and everything. And by the way, while I'm here, if there's questions you have and you want to even be anonymous, shoot me a message over on um, Instagram at Coach Michelle Porterfield in a DM. I'm not going to say your name, but I would love it if there's something you're like, oh, I really want to know about this. Here's a question. Will you talk about this on the podcast? Whatever you want. Just let me know. I look forward to hearing from you. And until next time, stay blessed. Hey sister, are you newly alcohol free, but you've been hanging on for dear life, hoping you don't fall backward? Or maybe you're still stuck in the cycle of over drinking, even when you told yourself you would stop waking up each day with thoughts of self-loathing. Is your anxiety through the roof so much that you wake up at 3am with your heart racing and negative thoughts about yourself? You hide it so well, not many people know. Girl, I get you and I see you. I'm Michelle Porterfield and for so many years I experienced all of this. Here's the deal. Quitting drinking is just the first step. I believe that's why it can be so scary. We know deep down it's more. Once we see what's underneath all the covering up, true freedom is found. And I'm here to help you do just that. So whether you're newly alcohol free or just sober curious, there is freedom on the other side. I can't wait to help you ditch the wine witch or help you find your mindset breakthrough and reignite your purpose after alcohol. Girlfriend, you are in the right place. Welcome to Set Free Sisterhood. Hey friends, I am here with my friend SJ. I got to be on her podcast a couple of months ago and I'm so excited to have her here. She is the host of the Fit Productive Mum, I'm going to say, because I love how you say that. And um, we're going to talk all things women, perimenopause, menopause, hormones, food, fitness, because she she has so much to share. But first, thanks for being here. I appreciate it. Ah, thank you so much, Michelle. I'm so excited to be here and chatting with you as well. And yeah, thank you for the introduction, all of the all of the things, all of the podcasts, and you know what an amazing gift it is that we get to connect through this this wonderful platform so just a little bit about me I am as you can probably tell from my accent I'm from the UK and I am a former secondary school teacher so high school for you guys so I spent 14 years working with teenagers uh, teaching them sports and geography and sociology and I have a young daughter who's Chloe, who's four and a half now. And when I had Chloe, we um, were really sort of in a place where I was like, am I going to stay in my teaching job? Am I, am I going to leave? She went into full-time daycare when she was eight months old so that I could go back into, my, into teaching full-time. 
and it broke my heart like so many mums I was in that really difficult place where you know I wanted to be like present with her but I was putting so much energy into my into my teaching role and you know looking after other other people's children and you know we we do talk about our first ministry being at home and I just really felt this pool being so important for me to be at home with her so I don't know how I did it but over the space of like six months, I got all of my qualifications um, to be a personal trainer, a nutrition coach, a life coach with a child that was like nearly just about a year old. So I wasn't getting a lot of sleep at the time. And I was building up a personal training uh, business so that I could then leave teaching, which I did at the end of 2019. And I was ready to build a personal training studio on our farm. And then COVID happened. (laughs) So that kind of really, uh, you know, put a real spanner in the works for me. And I I was here in the UK. I'm sure it was the same for many, like, um, trainers in, in the US as well but there was a guy here I don't you might not have heard of him called Joe Wicks he was like the fitness guy in the UK and he was just doing like free workouts all the time and I was like okay so what can I do that's different so that was where I started doing my own podcast um, which has evolved over time to become as you introduced me earlier the fit productive mum and we met through the podcasting world, didn't we, Michelle? And on the podcast, I talk all things, as you mentioned earlier, health, fitness. But one of the key things that I learned as a personal trainer before I went into the podcasting world was actually one of the main obstacles that women had when it came to looking after themselves was time. And everyone would say to me, oh, I don't have enough time to, you know, I'd set them workouts, I'd give them healthy eating plans and all of those things. But nobody ever would follow through on those things because they always had this I don't have enough time to do it so really these are the two problems that I solve for the ladies is like I first of all show them how to get the time to then do the fitness and the nutrition so I solve that problem first before we dive into because if you're not making space for a change in your life you can't take action on it yeah that's brilliant because I hear the same thing (laughs) from women too, just in the whole process of removing alcohol and what it takes as far as setting boundaries and spending time with yourself, getting to know yourself, expressing emotions, properly resting. I've heard it a lot too. Like, well, how do I don't, I don't have time to do that. And you're right. We have to solve that first. And you just prove that you have experience because you were like, I don't know how I did it, but in six months I did this, 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 and this with a baby pretty much. So it, obviously you have, um, figured that out. And, you know, I think that's what we both love to do is just help people with our experience, but to help them build their own recipe for their life. So, yeah. And I didn't know that all that was right before COVID. That's a really big deal. Yeah. Congratulations yeah. on yeah. Um, adjusting. And that's a, that's really cool that you were able to, to shift that way. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't an easy move. And I'll be honest with you, it was really hard. And I felt devastated, like absolutely devastated because I had these plans. But, you know, there was something different to come my way. And our plans are not always his plans, right? <laughs> absolutely. I had something different planned out and he just allowed you to, you know, take those steps. I love it. So let's, um, let's talk then because I personally am in perimetopause. 
and experiencing all different things with my energy levels and just the way my period comes. And I have thankfully experienced or I learned about four years ago, maybe three years ago, a little bit more about cycle syncing. So at least I was to the place where I like was beginning to understand the weeks and the things that my body goes through. So, which has also allowed me to give myself grace when I know I'm on my menstrual week, I'm like, okay, I gotta, I gotta slow down. I can't powerhouse through boot camp and heavy weightlifting because my body is just not in that place. And so that's been huge for me. And there's a lot more to learn about our hormones and nutrition and stuff. And my audience is majority. This group of women from forties and fifties are the biggest part. So where do you want to start? Oh gosh. I'm so excited to hear that you're talking about cycle thinking because cycle thinking for me was such a game changer. I discovered it because I was digging into like looking at headaches and things that I was struggling with. And I will sort of say, you know, back when I was teaching, I was constantly having these headaches every, every month and I was just putting it down to stress or, you know, like, you know, not drinking enough water and all of those sorts of things. And actually when I dug into it and I went to my doctor and I said, Oh, you know, I'm getting these headaches and he gave me a tablet. And I was like, well, you know, we're not figuring out what the actual problem was. And that was where I sort of went down the cycle thinking route, learned more about it. It's what I, you know, coach all of my, all of my clients around with cycle thinking. But I'm, you know, I'm now 41 and I'm starting to notice that, I mean, honestly, I swear I hit 40 and everything that I was doing before, you know, all of my exercise, my nutrition, it all stayed the same. But my body was like, uh, no, thank you very much. Like we're going to be, we're going to do this totally different. And it was, it was quite surprising for me as a fitness coach because I hadn't changed anything you know everything was really consistent and I found myself putting on weight I found it gaining weight around my abdomen around my front which is quite normal as you know we go into perimenopause into menopause and I was having to look and reevaluate what I was doing and the way that I was eating and the way that I was working out. And you touched on some of those things around cycle thinking. Mm. And it's really sort of then got me digging into, okay, this is, this is the next stage for me. What are the things that I need to be doing and adapting and changing because our hormones are changing. These hormones that we're used to having as part of our monthly cycle you know, the, the key one in the, the big player in all of this is, is estrogen. And that's the one that we see rising in the front of our cycle and, you know, is linked to our body releasing an egg every month. And as we go into perimenopause, those hormones are declining and changing. And so it's inevitable that we're going to have changes within our body. And, you know, you might be feeling more tired and you might find it more difficult to lose weight. And all of these things that perhaps I mean, let's be honest, in our 20s, like we could get away with anything. You know, you could eat, you could drink, you could pretty much do what you wanted. And your body was like, yeah, okay, this is fine. But it's as you age, you've got to adapt and change with the way that your body needs and the, the things that your body needs is, and the way that it's going to react to things is going to be really, really different. Mm -hmm. So that's been a learning curve for me, actually. And I was getting myself organized in preparation for our interview today. And I thought, um, I don't know if you want me to dig into this, but I think there's really six things 
that I've kind of identified that you know are worth sort of touching on sure when it when it comes to this yeah I do I want to highlight something first that really has jumped out to me already that I believe needs to be repeated (laughs) but we are going to have different seasons of our life with our age and our body. And what you didn't say was I was doing the same things, but my body wasn't changing and I was gaining a little bit. So I just like got really mad and started working out harder and started eating less because that's typically what we do. We're like something's wrong. I'm going to, beat up myself and I'm going to push myself harder. And what I have learned in this season, I'm 47. What I have learned now is that's actually going so much against what my body needs that if I will just, you know, first of all, we have to take the time and we we deserve it to take the time for ourselves to dig in and understand, okay, I am in a new season of life. Let me investigate like you've done. Let me dig in a little bit. Or all you have to do is find people like SJ and listen to her podcast. (laughs) There's your information. But then also like, you know, spend time adapting, not just doing what the world says. Because that's what we hear. And that's what we learn, especially back in, you know, when we're in our 20s, we'll just, you know, eat less and work out more. And that's just not, I don't believe that. So yes, I want to hear more about your your guidelines or your suggestions. Yeah. And I think really what you said there about, you know, it is this culture that we live in, isn't it? Of push harder, do more, eat less. And our bodies, as you said, really aren't aren't designed for that. Mm. And I think if you have an understanding of cycle thinking, as you're going into perimenopause, you can sort of understand how your body works and then you're also going to be able to see these changes as they come along and you're going to be far more aware of them as your your body's changing and your hormones are changing so i think really my there's sort of six key things that i'd like to dig into you into with you um that would be worth considering in terms of you know the things the way that you're eating and the way that you're exercising so the first one and i mean let's be honest like none of this, you know, this isn't going to be like rocket science. It's stuff that we know. It really is. But I think, unfortunately, as we age, there's less wiggle room. And I think it's important to remember as well, this isn't about like punishing yourself. And it really is about the relationship that you have with your body and the gift that it actually is. And the fact that it's got you to a certain age already. And, you know, if you've had children, that's something to be incredibly grateful for. And what we want is longevity, isn't it? We want to be around. We want to see our kids grow up. So really, this isn't about punishing yourself and saying to yourself that you can't do things, you can't have things. It's about what can you give your body that's going to give it the best fuel, that's going to treat it the best way so that it's going to take you for as long as you possibly can. So the first one I'm going to talk about is less sugar. I mean, everybody knows like sugar is hugely inflammatory. It's not great for us. Uh, Our body doesn't respond well to it. It causes, you know, these highs and lows in the way that we're feeling in terms of our energy, but also our mood. And if you can, you know, I'm not saying don't ever eat sweets or anything like that, but if you can really kind of dig into and have a look at the foods that you've got in your cupboards, I mean, that's a really, really good place to start because 
you know, if you're eating a piece of cake, you know that there's sugar in that. Like, you know there's sugar in cake. But if you're opening like a jar of sauce to cook maybe like a curry or something with, read the label on those sauces because there's so many hidden sugars within the foods that we're eating. Or if you're having like juices, like orange juice that you've got that you're keeping in your fridge or, you know, sodas. I mean, you know, there's lots and lots of sugar in, in sugary drinks and that sort of thing. And if you can you know, take those sorts of things out of your everyday and your daily diet, that's going to go a long way to helping you to helping you feel better and stabilizing your blood sugar. Yeah. And you're right. We uh, have heard that over and over and over. Um, and I think that, well, I know my experience and I'm sure a lot of people listening is like, we go extreme. It's like all or nothing. And for me, what I've learned more about myself is just to kind of raise my awareness and think about those things that, that I know that, that have those sugars in them and just slowly begin to reduce that and maybe add something different. Cause a lot of times <clears throat> what we do is we just try to take away. I'm sure you, you talk about this too, but like, it's not just taking away. It's like, what, how can we replace or add something in that just is a better fit for our bodies and a better fit for our nutrition. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I really don't believe in this like all or nothing sort of approach when it comes to nutrition, because life's a living, isn't it? You know, you want to, if you're at a friend's, you want to maybe who's having a birthday, you want to eat a piece of birthday cake and that's okay. I think we just need to get a bit more savvy with what is in the food that we're eating, what's on the labels and just looking for if there's hidden sugars and just looking to see what's on the ingredients. And if sugar is one of those first ingredients, you know, is there something else that you could choose, like you said, that has less sugar in them? So number two follows on quite nicely from that, which is about vegetables. And veggies really are our best friends. And they, you know, we talk about eating the rainbow and making sure that we've got lots of different like colors on our plates, but just thinking as you're sitting down to eat your your meal what does my plate look like and making sure I mean we we start we live in a culture where we're hugely carb heavy like we all love our carbs don't we potatoes and rice and everything but if we can make sure that our plate looks if just eyeballing it and looking to see that there's more vegetables on your plate than there are protein and carbohydrates that's going to be a really really good point good way of starting and you know we know vegetables are full of antioxidants they're full of fiber they're really really good for your body and they just you know they're going to help you to feel more energized they're going to help you to you know go throughout your day and they're going to help to stabilize that blood sugar again well and i like the idea too of uh just maybe picking a couple that you like to snack on for when you're having those moments where you've got the munchies or you're cooking and you know for me like I just love carrots and they're easy to snack on and um, like those little sugar snap peas and things like that and then just because we do have those moments where we're rushed or we get hungry or whatever it's just having something that is enjoyable and for me too it's also if we can line this up with cycle syncing like I've just learned that there's you know, during the week of my cycle, yes, we typically crave different things, but really I found if I'm paying attention to my body, I don't need that much food. Like I need a little less 
because I am a little bit more gentle. I'm, you know, walking more or doing yoga versus the times in the month where I am elevated and, you know, I'm coming up on my levels and getting close to ovulation, then like, you know, I'm working harder. And so of course I'm going to have a little bit more, like I'm all about carbs, um, within portion, you know, like good rice and things like that. They're great. As long as we're not, I mean, for me, I I don't think I would want to eat that every single day. And I definitely don't want to eat a whole bowl of that with a splash of chicken, you know? (laughs) So, Yeah. 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 And making it, like you said, convenient as well. You know, you don't have to cut everything up by hand. You can, make buy things in in the stores that are convenient you know and just make your life easier so you're more likely to grab that thing rather than grab the other snacks that you might have around the house and um just going on from what you were saying about like the different calorie requirements there is an argument that in the second half of your cycle your body actually needs 250 extra calories in that part of your cycle because of what is going on like Mm. physically with your body so that's when I'm sort of I will go through with my clients and I'll say okay we know that this point you're going to have these cravings you know these things are going to come what can you have in your house that is a healthier alternative to the things that you might crave and there's loads of things you know that you can find in terms of like recipes for I mean ultimately a lot of the time we're trying to hit that like hit that sugar craving are we yeah yeah, definitely and you know things that involve you know a bit of honey and I mean honey's a great one a great alternative to have instead of um you know like sugar that's such a good thing Mm -hmm. and just you know being prepared and knowing that you're gonna like potentially feel this way but yeah veggies are always are your best friend and that moves on to having high fiber foods like vegetables are high in fiber but also when we're thinking about the grains that we're eating if we can switch those out and it's quite a simple swap really to brown rice and brown pasta because those are the things that are going to fill you up for longer but also because they're a more complex carbohydrate they release energy into your body slower so that you're not having this sort of up and down roller coaster with your blood sugar levels again as well Mm-hmm. So high fiber foods are super, super good for you as well. And then the other thing, so the fourth thing on my list is about protein. And as we go into perimenopause, protein is really key because it's really, really important because it provides our body with lots of amino acids, like the building blocks that we need for, for growth. And also it's incredibly good at helping us feel full. Like having some form of protein is a really, really good idea to eat at breakfast. And I know a lot of us will have like maybe like some kind of cereals or muesli or granola or or that kind of thing for breakfast. But a protein is such a good thing to have in the morning because it really does give you a slower release of energy. And it's a great, great option to make sure that you're you know, not wanting to snack on things during like, like that mid morning period where Mm -hmm. you could be hungry. And yeah, that could look really different for so many people. It could be eggs. It could be like using protein powder to to make a smoothie. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask you because I feel like for me, especially that's that if, if I say I'm struggling with nutrition, it's like, I'm not getting enough protein, you know, especially I had COVID and it has changed my whole desire for meat. Like I just don't, 
it doesn't taste the same anymore. So I will eat chicken, but that's on, that's almost it. Um, which is fine. Cause you know, I don't really want a lot of red meat anyway. It kind of doesn't make me feel good, which I've also discovered that in my forties, I used to could eat burgers, tacos, all these things. And now when I eat red meat, I just feel just bloated and gassy. And so I've just decided because now I'm paying more attention to my body. Like, I don't like that. I don't want to feel that way. So what I've done in the mornings is really great for me because I do like oatmeal. So I'll have a little oatmeal, but I'll put a scoop of protein in my oatmeal and stir it in. And it just makes it a little bit more like sweet because it's vanilla, but um, it, it's great because I do, I feel satisfied till lunchtime. But do you have any kind of go-to? Cause I, you know, we're busy too, right? We're, you know, a lot of us are working and commuting to work and then our kids are in activities or, you know, there's just all this stuff going on. And I think for me, sometimes smoothies are great, but sometimes it gets boring. Do you have any other ideas for protein? <laughs> yeah, the, the same smoothie every day. And I know it can, it, I know it can get boring. Um, so definitely like if you've got time to make eggs or high hard boiled eggs, if you like hard boiled eggs, um, you could think about um, maybe, I mean, there's so many different kind of bars and things out there. And if you've got the time to read the labels and just have a look at the protein content, you know, if you want something really, really super convenient, that is like one of those things that you could grab as you're walking out the door. But I will say, just going back to, you know, like ultimately with all of this, what we're trying to do is look after ourselves and make sure that we're giving our body the best fuel that we possibly can, which is why I will preach until like the cows come home that actually it's really important to make the time to make those oats like you were saying and I know everyone like because this is what everyone says to me about time I don't have time for breakfast I don't have time for this and it's like okay but is there something that you could change in your morning routine like you know to give yourself five more minutes to sit down and eat some breakfast and breakfast that is going to set you up completely for the rest of the day and will probably set the tone for the rest of the food that you're going to eat for the rest of the day. So yeah, I kind of sound a bit teachery with that one, don't we? Don't I? But I think it's such a key key meal. No, and I think it's important to go back to the basics because we can, just like I said, you know, we're busy and all that. We can come back to those excuses because that's what's felt probably normal for a lot of us, especially if we're struggling in that area. Um, and for me, uh, I work with a trainer as well for my fitness. And a lot of what he teaches is like the more consistent with what you're eating, the better. Like there's so much evidence showing if you think same thing. So for me, you know, if you want to even add this to the episode I recently did on habit stacking, if there's something that you're already doing in the morning, then decide on a quick breakfast like mine. Literally, I use my Keurig for the hot water put the oatmeal and the scoop in a bowl and I actually stand there and eat it. Maybe I'm making, putting my lunchbox together or maybe I'm getting my water bottles ready. But I mean, it doesn't have to be this ritual for, for me anyway. I don't need, I just eat it because I know that this is part of my day. This is what fuels me and makes me feel good. And you're right. I think it's just prioritizing what I know I need. And then if I decide to edit or try something new, then I can do that another week. 
Yeah. And let's be honest, if we can take a decision out of the mix, because, you know, as we go, like, you know, trying to remember all of the things and like brain fog and all of what's going on, actually, if you can take a decision making out of your day, it just makes it a lot easier for you, doesn't it? That's so true. And that's where too, I'm sure. And I'll let you, you know, get through your list, but that's where, like you said too, if we've got to take the time in advance to prepare because if we prepare earlier that's something I'll be completely honest I have not been doing like blocking out time on Sundays to prepare so some days I'm like oh I'm doing great and the other days I'm like crap what am I eating today um but I think that is important for us that it will benefit us to maybe you know some version of meal prep I think when some women hear that it sounds like this big huge Pinterest thing like you have to have all these sheets sheet pans and all this mess and you know 50 chicken breasts it's like whoa 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 make it your own right don't you have something that teaches about that about meal prep yeah yeah I do I have a really simple system that works for like even if you've got picky eaters in the house it's really really simple and it's so simple and it's set up so that your partner can also like take part in the process as well so yeah definitely definitely yeah so just moving on to so we've touched on a lot of the things like in terms of eating things that are going to be good for us things to avoid in terms of fitness like a really important thing to think about and so many women avoid this is strength training Mm -hmm. and if you think about when you go into the gym it's not so much these days, but typically you'd see the women on the cardio machines or the cross trainer and the guys in the weights room lifting, you know, big weights. And it would feel sometimes intimidating to go into that part of the gym and, and to know what you're doing. But strength training is so important. And it, it's important for so many different reasons. I mean, first of all, if we're talking about, you know, building muscle like if you are finding that you know perhaps your metabolism is slowing down and you're gaining weight and you haven't changed your your diet and the things that you're usually doing having a look and digging into strength training in more detail and adding some more of that into your workout regime is a really really good way of helping your body to burn more calories because ultimately the more muscle that you have the more calories your body's burning at rest. So fat can't burn calories, but muscle can. And I really always advise the ladies that I work with is to think about doing more work with the bigger muscles that you have in your body. So think like your quads, your hamstrings. So leg day is going to be your best friend. And you might have noticed when you're training and if you're working on your legs that your heart rate gets higher because those are bigger muscles and they work harder. So strength training leg day is going to be really, really helpful for boosting your, your metabolism and building more, building more muscle to help burn fat. And also the great thing about strength training as well, because as our hormones change and the estrogen dips, as we age, we're more susceptible to osteoporosis and strength training really, really does help to strengthen our bones. So there's another good reason to be in the gym, lifting the dumbbells or even lifting dumbbells at home. And I think with strength training, one of my key pieces of advice, as you said, um, Michelle, you're using a trainer is spend 
some money like getting a trainer if you can for a couple of sessions because they're going to show you good technique and that's really important when you're lifting weights yeah I love that I actually work with I've tried it all like I love exploring fitness and I will say strength training is my favorite and it's it's because like it feels awesome like it feels good to lift then it also helps my confidence my energy like I'm like mm, I'm strong I can do this it just feels good versus you know like cardio is fine um, I have a class now that I take this a mixture of spin strength and then yoga which has been really fun but that's the thing is you know I don't advise anybody especially a newbie to just go into a gym always find someone who knows what they're doing that can support you with your form even um work with you I like small group training because I love people and I enjoy the just having the activity and I'll just share even my personal story since I've been doing this since October with this new, the guy in this smaller group training, like I haven't really lost much weight, like maybe a couple of pounds, but my body composition is different. Like my body fat has gone down. My waist size has gone down. So I think a lot of time with us of women in our forties and beyond it's in even thirties, like it, it's, we think because there again, culture has said it's all about the scale. Like I rarely even weigh. The only reason I weighed recently is because my scale tells me my body fat and all that stuff. So I can see what's happening. And that's what he and I were talking about. And there was a gentleman in there that's been there for a year. He's only lost eight pounds, but his whole body's changed. And so I think we have to also begin to look at, you know, like let's start adding these pieces into our life let's back off on this whole obsession of I have to be a number and like check in, like, how do I feel? Do you feel stronger? Do you feel like you have a little more energy? You know, how's that, how's your clothes fitting? And then, you know, choose to, to believe like, to me, that's the thing. It's like, okay, if all that's happening and I feel good and I have energy, then I am on the, on the right path. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you say that as well. And I think it's important not to be on the scale every day because like mm -hmm. there's no point to that. There's no point to that. And, you know, I love I love that your trainer said that. And also in terms of, you know, how you feel in yourself it is really key, isn't it? It isn't like there's this culture of you have to look and be a certain way because social media says that women should look at like X, Y, and Z. And it isn't about that. Like we're created uniquely and we need to celebrate that. And it really is, I think, you know, with all of this, it comes back to how do you want to feel in yourself? Do you want to feel like you've got more energized energy? Do you want to feel stronger? And as you said, you know, there, there is this link with our brain when we are lifting weights that our brain does then think, oh, wow, I've got great big muscles. I feel stronger. And it does make you feel so much better. So, yeah. And shall I just go on to the last one? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so the last one, and I will add in a little bit of a disclaimer here. Obviously, I'm not a medical professional and I'm always sharing the information that I've learned. Um, so the last thing I think there is, the more I dig into this and the more reading that I do as, as I'm going into my 40s, I think there's space for supplements because we can't always get every single nutrient that we want from our food because of the way that food is produced these days. So I think there is a space for, have, for having supplements and having a conversation, you know, with your, with your doctor about, 
are there things within your diet that you might want to be thinking about making sure that you're adding in are you maybe looking at getting your blood work done is there anything missing if you if you can i know you guys have a a different health system to what we do here but some of the key um like supplements that sort of i i've been doing some research into is is omega-3 so maybe think about adding you know that into your diet vitamin d particularly like for us here in the uk everyone in in the uk is a to take vitamin d because we never get enough sunshine <laughs> and um, that does help with with the strengthening of your bones too pre and probiotics so looking after your gut looking after what's going on in your gut because your gut health i mean there's so much that you could dig into with this in terms of the way that it impacts your mental health as well as your physical health and what your body's absorbing from the food that you're eating as well and then the last one is actually magnesium and there's an awful lot of people across the globe who are magnesium deficient. And this was actually one that was re a real key player for me personally. And I sort of did some blood work and I found out that I was really deficient in this. But I would say this is one where you do need to sit down and talk to a doctor because there's lots of different types of magnesium and you need to find, don't just go and buy some magnesium off the shelf. There's loads and loads of different types. And if you do get the wrong one, you can actually end up with quite an upset tummy. So that's something to like dig into and check out. But that one really helps with um, like depression. It can also help with the headaches. That was a real key player for me. Oh, yeah, that's good. You know, I was thinking earlier when you started the conversation about the headache. So my daughter is 17 and she's been consistently complaining about headaches. Um, and so I was like, oh, she's one of those I have uh, helped put the cycle syncing app on her phone and encouraged her to kind of start looking at it. And she thinks I'm crazy and whatever. So, but I like, listen, like, this is a big deal. I want you to learn about this now because it took me until I was in my 40s to, to get it. And it's really helping me. So, but magnesium, that's good because I take all those um, and I agree completely. Um, so yes, and magnesium has always been a huge one for me. So I may um, encourage her to add that in too as well. That's yeah, all, all good stuff. And we could have a whole flipping yeah. hour on gut health. Good grief. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And isn't it great though, and that, you know, you're in a position now where you have this knowledge and you're sharing it to your daughter, because this is one of the key problems, isn't it? And it, it's amazing. We've got these platforms to talk about this now, but women's health is massively like it's not spoken about enough we don't have enough education and I remember being taught about my cycle by some science teacher in a in a science lab out of a textbook so you know it's amazing Michelle that you're you know opening up these conversations on your podcast yeah I love it thank you for that um so yeah is there anything else that you just feel like could be helpful because we you know we we talked about just really, I think the awareness of what's going on with our body, you know, I'm all about giving ourselves grace, you know, paying attention. I mean, first of all, for me, it's like going into your body, feeling what's going on to be aware, you know, to check in with your energy levels as it relates to, you know, if you're hungry, if you're thirsty, you know, I think it's going to all come from awareness, but then also making choices food related and then, you know, what if, uh, I have heard this question and I have a best friend who just had a hysterectomy. She's 39. And so like, 
is there something that we can, um, how do you, how do you encourage someone that maybe like doesn't actually have a cycle anymore or is younger that had a hysterectomy? Like would the same kind of guidelines apply? Yeah. And I get this question all the time from women that use like contraceptive pill or they have a coil. So they don't have like a monthly bleed. I think the principles that underlie cycle syncing are something that you can follow regardless because it's just basically teaching you a way of working with your body that's working with it rather than against it not punishing it and pushing it all the time because we are in this culture and particularly in the health and fitness world and I don't know if your trainer's really good with this but there's still so many male trainers that don't get how women's bodies work So they will coach you and train you in the way that they know their body works. Because men, I mean, I work out with my husband and he wakes up every morning and he feels the same. And he will do a workout and the way that his body reacts to that workout is totally different from mine. So I think, you know, for us as women, regardless of whether you have a cycle, whether your cycle is changing, you can use um, like the moon phases. So you can look at, when the full moon is um and you can use that to like as a as a kind of what's the word i'm looking for like a timetable if you like of when you're going to be um like doing certain exercises eating certain foods and and doing it that way or you could set up you know some kind of sort of structure for yourself of okay well you know let's let's sort of um and this is what i often do with with my clients is just divide like the month in half and have half of that month where you know you're doing that hit training and you're pushing hard and you're going for it and then the second half of the month where you're slowing things down you're lifting those heavier weights you're maybe doing more yoga more flexibility work because regardless of whether or not you have a cycle your body's going to respond really well to that and it's going to have the rest that it needs yeah i think for me the moment i heard that you know it's like women our bodies cycle 28 to 30 days and I always just thought oh like okay I'm a woman I have a period but then when I started learning all the things that happened inside of those 30 days with my hormones and what was going on and then a dude is like 24 hours I was like no flipping wonder (laughs) like why did that not click for me years ago but we always like there it's just different and so yeah you're right Um, a lot of men yet have not even trainers have not really crossed into really understanding that, you know, with their, with their women clients. So yeah, that's a good point. And it's also really important just to add on to that, to remember as well that so many of these workouts and these programs and all of the things have been trialed on men because they're consistent, like their bodies are consistent and they don't have these hormones that go up and down. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's something to remember too. Yeah. So good. So good. I love this conversation and I I have a feeling we will probably um, circle back around and you know, within the next year and have more to talk about. Cause this is, it's just, I want to continue even inside of the women that I work with and, you know, where we're really choosing to remove alcohol to like, 
you know, it is for health reasons too, but like just getting deeper, a deeper understanding of who we are and what we desire and knowing more about us and our bodies and being able to fully express our emotions. But, you know, the more we can learn that can support us during this journey, like even those supplements, those are great as you're removing alcohol because we already got all these gaps anyway. So um, I love it. This is good stuff. So I appreciate you coming and chatting with me today. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. So yeah, tell everyone, I'll put it in the show notes as well, but where can they find you to learn more? Uh, so thank you. I'm a fellow podcaster like you, which is how we met, wasn't it? So mm-hmm. my podcast is called Fit Productive Mum, um, spelled the English way, M-U-M. Um, and come over there. I talk all the time about um, cycle thinking. I talk about if you're struggling to find the time to fit things in, then I can share lots and lots of strategies for free over on the podcast to help you overcome that as well. So thank you, Michelle. Awesome. Thank you. And we'll talk soon. Okay, girlfriend, before you go, if you found value in this podcast and it helped you, please head over to iTunes and leave a review. Every so often, I will read reviews and give shout outs. To dig deeper, join us at Set Free Sisterhood over on Facebook. I will pop the link in the show notes. And don't forget, if you know someone that would enjoy or benefit from this podcast, share it with them and take a screenshot and post it in your Instagram stories and tag me. It's time to take back our power, ladies, and be set free. Until next time, stay blessed. Michelle.